Blog Talk Radio. Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus in the morning radio dot com. Hallelujah. Go over there and take a listen. Um I have an interview I did over there with Urban Fresh uh podcast over there. Uh sister Tanisha Knight. Beautiful sister in the Lord, beautiful, loving, kind, a good sister in the Lord. Yeah. I know Sister Dot and Sister Irene know what that looks like. So she's that kind of sister. Um, she loved truth. She loved the word of God. And uh, she she loved the people of God. And she interviewed missionaries from all over the world. And so uh, she had been coming to Jesus in the morning for a couple of years. I didn't know. I didn't know. But she had been coming for a couple of years listening. And um, I knew it was the spirit of the Lord moved on her. Uh, to ask me to come because when she asked me to come, he gave the okay. So I was able to go and talk to her about some things. And let me tell y'all about the enemy. He come but to kill, steal, and destroy. And so he told, telling me, oh, you need to speak in your speaking voice. Uh, You need to do this and say that and say it this way. Nope, I got to be me. Straight up, naturally real. I just got to be me. I can't change for the world um, because if I allow God to use me, somebody's going to be blessed. Those that are looking for God, those that are looking for the blessings of God will be blessed. But if I try to change it around, nobody will be blessed, not even me. And I want to tell you something. This morning, the enemy come again, but this kill, steal, and destroy, and he tried to attack me so she wouldn't be able to edit it right. But she got it done enough that she could put it out here. There's a second portion to this because I did uh, two different interviews back to back because she wanted to hear more. She wanted to hear more, and God allowed me to pour. So that second one, she's got to finish editing, editing it, and then she sent it to me, and I put it back at www.jesusinthemorningradio.com. But know this, when you're growing in God, when you're seeking him, when you're learning more of him, I don't care how you got there. You, you, you could have gotten there through a preacher. You could have gotten there through a stranger. Uh but you you found a way to him, and when you first started off, what you hearing it didn't it didn't sound like what you're accustomed to, but you was willing to stay because in there somewhere you felt like I might be able to get something out of this 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 sounds real it don't sound like it was uh put together or you know pieced together where it sound like something that is of the world, but God is in here somewhere. So however you found it, you decided to stay with it, and you're growing in him. A lot of people begin to come to Jesus in the morning and can't turn it loose. They love coming. They love listening. Uh, There have been times when they had the opportunity to speak or whatever right here, 
and they're growing in the word of God. They're growing in God. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. The enemy is coming. He don't like that. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what he does. And sometimes he 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 sends things in a way where it hurt us. It, it well, it don't hurt you physically, physically, but but it hurts you mentally, and, and it hurts your feelings. And sometimes it makes people give up. But I want you to know, don't give up. Hang on in there. No, never grace the deacon said, "Don't oh, hang on, hold on." Hold on and stay right there. If you get the opportunity and you can remember, begin to pray. If you get the opportunity and you can remember, bind that devil up. I bind you up in the name of Jesus. I've had to tell people this. And you don't tell people this, but I do. Shut up. Because I'm not speaking to the individual person. I'm speaking to the spirit that's speaking out of their mouth. That evil spirit and that's what Jesus did. Told him to shut up. Don't say another word. Yeah. Because great is he that lives within us than he that is in the world. And the same thing as Jesus did, we can do too. Yeah. We can do these things. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. I wanted to share that this morning because I know she, after I left that, she had some problems because the enemy didn't want this interview to come out. Let me tell you, I was talking about things and the spirit of the Lord began to move right there on her podcast recording. It, the spirit of the Lord began to move. Sister Irene was over there with me. Yeah. And I shared about, you know, some things with her, how God sent her. I I didn't recruit Irene. I simply invited Irene because the spirit of the Lord had me to do it. Because he knew the more she come, the more she was going to learn of him. His word said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yeah. Let let me have your, your burdens. Let let me have all of that that you're going through. Uh, Bring it to me, put it on the altar, leave it there, and walk away. I'm Almighty God that have all power. I'm able to fix any and everything that's going on wrong in your life today. He's our shepherd and we shall not want. Yeah. James said that patience have a perfect work, that we may be entire and wanting nothing. But you got to have some patience to wait on God. Work on trying not to be so easily to get flustered. So, so Dot, I know you don't know that I know this, but you and I have been in, in some of the same situations. Where the love in our heart for family members, even children, <laughs> we love them, but they can't really... See that love we had for them. It's like they're going through emotion. And some things are done and said, and it hurt our feelings. But they didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. You and I have been into some of the same situations, Sister Dot, but God. 
So we, we don't get flustered by it no more. We we don't get upset over it. We, we just let it go on by. Because there's nothing we can do but trust God. And every time he work it out. Sometimes it play over in our mind, but we have to let it go. Yeah, I tell God, Lord, take this. I, I don't even want to think on this today. I, 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 because I have a son, and, and every chance he gets, he's telling his pitiful story, and I'm the star. And it makes me feel some kind, but what I learned to do, let go. Because we all have to pay for what we, whatever we don't give to God, we have to pay for it. Whatever we give to another human being, we have to pay for it. We have to learn to forgive and forget. They tell you, oh, I'm going to forgive, but I won't forget. Well, what if Jesus was like that? What if he forgave us, he said, but he didn't forget it? But he forgive and he forget. He forgive and he put our sins and wrongdoings in the sea of forgetfulness. Guess what? Never to remember them again. And we got to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. I know somebody said, well, he was, uh-uh, we got to be like him. We got to learn from the Father. And how you learn from the Father is through his word. He inspired man to write it so that we can learn it and apply it daily. Hallelujah. Amen goes right there this morning. And I know what people say. Well, see, I don't want, she sound ignorant. I, uh, she let me tell you, <laughs> say what you want, I'm blessed. Say what you want, I'm going back with him when he comes. I'm preparing. I'm working on the spots and the wrinkles, and he's helping me. And except we become human beings, except we become humble to God, and Lord, wherever you send me, I'm going to accept what you allow there are people in my life, I never would have chose these people. Listen, good. I never would have chosen, them, but I didn't choose. It's who God sent. I have to accept what he allowed. And then guess what ended up happening? I end up falling in love with the people that God sent. Huh? Oh, it's all right this morning in Jesus' name. Listen, we're going to pray because uh, we have a, 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 a huge program today and I want to get all of these things done and I want to get some uh, uh, testimony in there and I want to get some songs in there and uh, different things and we want to hear some powerful uh, words for November and so I want to get all of this done so we're going straight into prayer and then we're going to the first song of the morning hallelujah let's pray father God in the name of oh, in the name of Jesus hey Lord we thank you this morning. Thank you for another Thursday morning. Thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning, closing our right minds. We thank you for the use and activity of limbs. Thank you for our life, our health, and our strength. We thank you for this day because it's the day that you made. And, Father, we will rejoice and be glad in this day. We thank you this morning for Sister Tanisha Knight. Thank you, God, that you sent this woman for a special purpose. And, Father, we come this morning knowing that you're going to bless her. You're going to bless her family. And, Father, I ask that you would draw her husband even nearer unto her. 
that God, they would speak with one mind. They would have one mind of thoughts in you. And that the calling you have on their lives, God will come forth like never before in the name of Jesus. Father, we have not because we ask not. And we are asking this morning for this husband and wife to become the world's greatest team. They share your gospel and the things that they're doing with Urban Fresh, the planting and the teachings. God, we ask that you would move for them in a mighty way this day. In the precious name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for hearing and answering. Bringing Sister Dorothy Goodman before you this morning. Hey, glory. Bringing Sister Irene before you this day. Father, I bring Sister Jerry Crowd before you this morning. Ask that you would move for these women in a mighty way. Strengthen them as they're going through. And Lord, don't let their personal natural feelings get in the way of your move. Lord, teach them to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and very slow to anger. Move, Lord, in a mighty way for them. Faithful, O God, to come to hear what the Spirit have to say to the church. Bless us to share it today, God. You know what she's standing in need of. And Lord, when I call her today, give me the words of encouragement to say to her. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. And Father, every caller and every listener this morning, you know what's best for them today. You made them for your pleasure. And God, you see what they're going through. And without you this morning, Father, we can do nothing. We need you today, all of us. We need you. We need you to lead and guide us in the right path for your name's sake. Show us your way. And Lord, help us to follow your lead. Give us the eyes to see you and to follow your lead. Lord, let your spirit speak to us and give us an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to us today, the church. Everywhere, oh God, each and every believer today. For again, without you this morning, we can do absolutely nothing. Help us all today, every believer everywhere. Help us all today to follow your lead. Father, help us to pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. I believe not only will you hear from heaven and forgive the sins and heal our lands, but Lord, I believe we'll come back strong in numbers and there's power in numbers. And God, we can bombard heaven for the earth. Uh, there's a great possibility. Hallelujah. That not only you heal the sick, but you heal the lame, you raise the dead. Oh, you have all power. None of this is gone. Ha. Hey, glory, it's still here. But we need to get on one accord. Hallelujah. Stop the separation. I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm this. I'm that. Lord, help us to come together in Jesus. He's one. Hallelujah. You and he are one. Oh, we thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we ask that you would Touch and heal those that are sick this morning, those that are in pain, those that are going through. God, touch and heal Robert Aaron today, oh God. Touch his heart and regulate his mind. And God, lead him all the way to you. Teach him your way, oh God. 
in the name of Jesus. Bless his family. He's always concerned about his family. But God, many times we have to give them up and stretch out in you. Help today, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Bless those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military, children everywhere. For Father, your word says, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is your kingdom. And Father, even our adult children, bless today. Hallelujah. Our seed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless those, God, that stand in the need of housing. You know who they are. God, you know what they need. Move today in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. We give it to you this morning. Father, we ask that you would bless widows and bereaved families and bless fatherless and motherless children everywhere. Have mercy today, O oh God. Father, bless intercessory prayer people everywhere, praying for others in the name of Jesus. Bless preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Strengthen and bless today, God. Give them their heart's desire. Let obedience come up before you for a memorial on their behalf and move by your spirit for them this day in the name of Jesus. Preachers everywhere. Hey, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you. Father, I bring Israel and Jerusalem before you this day. Hey, you ask us to pray for them and that God, you would prosper us if we love them. Lord, we don't want to find fault. We don't want to know them after the flesh. But, God, we want to know them as your people because that's what your word says. We ask that you would strengthen and bless them today. In the name of Jesus. You know why everything comes about. You knew it before it happened. Move for Israel today. Move for Jerusalem today. Prosper and bless, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Bless all our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere. Lord, strengthen today. Move upon your people there today, wherever they may be in the world. We all belong to you. You made us all for your pleasure. And Lord, without you, none of us can do nothing. Move for your people again today, I ask, oh God. In the name of Jesus, thank you this morning, Father. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you today, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Mm. Most of all, I thank you for your love. Oh, because it'll lift us, oh God. It'll bring us in places we never thought we could get. Oh, it'll fix our hearts and regulate our minds. Thank you today, Father. And, Lord, we ask that you would continue to bless America and the leadership. Have mercy this morning, O oh God, upon the leadership of this country. What was called the United States of America? But, Lord, man, come in and he think he's separated. And he think he has done what's best for him. But your word says, what you put together, let no man take asunder. And, Lord, in many places they have replaced they think what you set up. But it will all come together to prove that you're Almighty God Jehovah that have all power. Hallelujah. 
There's no higher power this morning. And Lord, even in their madness, you yet love them because you made them for your pleasure. But there have been times, Father, like with Noah, that you had to separate yourself. And you had to let your enemy people vanish from the face of the earth. They had to die out because they had nothing for you and they couldn't realize because of you they were breathing. Hallelujah. Help us all this morning. Help us to look to you for everything. Look to the hills from which cometh our help. Father, all of our help comes from you. You made the heaven and the earth. And again this morning, Father, we want it in our spirit. Without you, we can do nothing. Father, we want to learn to trust you with our, all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we want to acknowledge you. We don't want to be wise in our own eyes. We want to fear you and depart from evil. And God, everything that your word said you would do, it would come to pass. We want to keep our mind on you. And Father, not just because it keeps us in perfect peace, but you're worthy this morning. You're more than worthy. We want to delight ourselves in you. Not because you'll give us the desires of our hearts, but God, you're worthy to be delighted in. There's none like you. You're the light of this entire world. And God, we want to be the candles that sit on the hill that can't be hid. And we need you to do this this day. We need to let our light shine, not our naturalness shine, the things of man, but the things of God. We need to let it shine into the world so that they can see in the darkness how to come to the light in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise. There's none like you. We thank you today for what you're doing right now. And Father, I believe your anointing is falling today. And I believe many are going to come out blessed. Those that are, are sit back and just listen, God, as you're moving in the mornings. Some people have been listening for years. I never knew them. I, I don't know them. But God, I know you're able to work for them. And Lord, I know you send your word and your word heals. Ah, do it today. Hallelujah. Ah, in this segment. Heal today like never before, oh God. We know you have ways of healing that we never heard of before. We know you have ways of healing that we don't even know we need. But Father, heal us spiritually, mentally, and physically today in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel all right in you. Oh, thank you. Thank you this morning for hearing and answering my prayer. Thank you for every testimony. Uh, thank you, God, for everything I've gone through. Thank you for what I will go through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for every lesson. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, his majesty. Thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. <laughs> thank you for supplying my need today, according to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. Mm. By your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father. Mm. Hey, God, we thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. Oh, we can't thank you enough. We bow down this morning. Ooh, in humbleness. Hey, Lord, we need you today. 
Father, we can't make it without you. Mm. Help us to follow what's spiritual today in you. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. Hallelujah. We give you glory, honor, and all the praise. We bow down to worship you this day. November the 16, 2023. In spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning. Oh, we give it to you. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going with this one this morning. And um, when we come back, we're coming back uh, with our first uh, talk of what we pray when we wake up in the mornings. Hallelujah. I got a lot of uh, feedback on that one. And it was excellent. And I thank God for it. Because the more we entwine with God, the more we entwine with the word of God and hearing. See, faith comes by hearing. And the more we hear about the things of God, the stronger we become in God. And just keep stuff around us that's going to remind us that he is. When I first started off, I used to tie a string, a red string around my finger to remember scriptures. And I stopped doing that, and then they just came. <laughs> it just come. And the word that was really for me is stuck with me. First John, that fourth chapter, I can't get away from it. James, the first chapter, I can't get away from it. Joshua, the first chapter, all of this just stuck with me. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. Oh, it's so many, it's so many. But you see how I remember where they, that's God, that's not Barbara. Yeah. And the things that he used me to do, that's him. When I come in the morning, there's no script. Nothing is written. Yesterday, I, I, I he gave it to me and I wrote out the, segment of the of the what we was gonna do here. The format in other words. But he gave it to me because I wanted it. But other than that, uh uh-uh. uh. He moved. And I know people some people may not be able to believe that. But each morning I promise it's not me. And sometimes people talk to me like it's me. Are you kidding me? You've been blessed and you think I was a blesser? Honey, it was God. Because sometimes people don't want to get spiritual. They they want to walk in the natural. And they're looking at the men and women. Uh-uh. I'm looking at God. I look at the one who used them. Because I realize without him, they couldn't do nothing. So I'm not following up what they're talking about and who they are. But I'm following God as they allow God to lead and guide them. That man, Charles C. Woods, they can say what they want about Bishop. Bishop was led by God. I followed Bishop as he was leading and being led by God. Anything Bishop did that worked out, God used Bishop. But it wasn't him. It was the God who used him. I loved him, and he was a good friend, but I could not look up. The bishop, but I knew he was gifted. 
know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. I'm surprised many uh, from back then don't come to testify, but sometimes people get angry with you. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. And then sometimes you done heard things. And you could have found out it was true. But guess what? You need not know him after his flesh. Because when he blessed, when God used him to bless you, God blessed you and you was used. I mean, you was blessed, he was used to bless you. So I can't hold nothing against him. I don't want to. I know what God did through this man. And so I'm thankful this morning. Hallelujah, we're moving a little further. We're going to this one. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with uh, how to pray when you wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Hallelujah. Can't do it too. Can't do the name. I let you 
Morrison this morning, when God shines his light on you, when you come to him and you come in the fullness of him, yeah, he said we could heal. He healed the sick and he healed the lame. He said we could do it too in Jesus' name. The problem is today is faith. People don't believe. The problem is today they want God to bless them, but they don't want to live right. They, they want God to do everything that they want him to do, but they don't want to walk up right before God. It's about the flesh. Uh-uh. We can't please God in our flesh. He's a spirit. We must become a spiritual people. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. It cannot be about you. It must be all about him. And we must give him the first fruit of everything. Yeah, everything. Thank him this morning. Listen, I, I, I see you, Sister Maria, but I have a, a lot to get done this morning. I'm going to get it done. And as soon as uh, testimony time comes, I'm going to bring you right in. But this morning, we just have a lot to try and get in here today. Hallelujah. So, look, we're going to this. And when we come back, uh, we're coming back with a testimony. And this guy says, uh, I gave, I mean, this lady, I gave permission to the devil, and then Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. Let's go right quick. Did you know that God can change your life with just a short prayer? Say this powerful 3 a.m. prayer faithfully and with all your heart. No matter how you feel and no matter your circumstances, say it sincerely then Jesus will change your life in a very special and profound way. Your life will never be the same. Leave a like for this video and share it at least one time to help me reach more people, spread the gospel, and change more lives. Comment using the word, Amen, after you say this powerful 3 a.m. prayer. I urge you when you wake up at 3 o'clock to clothe yourself in this prayer. Use this time to seek divine protection to secure your homes, your loved ones, your health, your finances, and your dreams under the watchful eyes of the Almighty. This prayer time is a fortress, a shield that guards us from the assaults of the enemy. The Bible tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So pray this prayer with faith and know that your prayers at this sacred hour build a hedge of protection that nothing can penetrate. Praise God. Now, to everyone within the sound of my voice, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, I come before your presence with a humble and contrite heart, seeking your divine protection and deliverance. I acknowledge your power and goodness, recognizing that you are my refuge and fortress in times of trouble, I declare your sovereignty over all creation, knowing that you alone have the power to break every bond, defeat every evil, and overcome all darkness. I stand on the authority of your word and the victory won by Jesus Christ on the cross. Gracious Father, I lift my voice in prayer, fervently seeking your divine intervention in every area of my life. I pray for your protection breaking the chains of bondage that have held me captive for far too long. In the name of Jesus, I command every evil force, every curse, 
every spell and every power of darkness to be broken and rendered powerless in my life. I renounce and reject every generational curse that has been passed down through my bloodline. I declare that the power of the blood of Jesus sets me free from the bondage of the past. I break every negative pattern, every cycle of addiction, every stronghold that has kept me from experiencing the fullness of your blessings. I declare that I am a new creation in Christ, empowered to walk in freedom and victory. I release forgiveness from the depths of my heart, choosing to let go of any bitterness, resentment or unforgiveness that has hindered my progress. I break every soul tie and unhealthy attachment that has bound me to toxic relationships or unhealthy influences. I ask for your healing touch to restore and reconcile broken relationships, bringing wholeness and unity. Mighty God, I pray for your divine protection over my mind, my thoughts and my emotions. I rebuke every spirit of fear, anxiety and depression that has tormented me. I declare that I have the mind of Christ and I am filled with your peace that surpasses all understanding. I take captive every thought that does not align with your truth and I replace them with thoughts of faith, hope and love. I pray for your divine protection over my physical body. I declare that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I present it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. I rebuke every sickness, disease and infirmity that has tried to attack my health. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole. I speak life and health into every cell, tissue and organ of my body. I release the healing power of your Holy Spirit to flow through me, restoring me to full health and vitality. Heavenly Father, I pray for your divine provision and abundance in every area of my life. I declare that you are my provider and you meet all my needs according to your riches in glory. I rebuke the spirit of poverty and lack and I release the spirit of prosperity and abundance. I am blessed to be a blessing and I sow generously into your kingdom. I declare that I am a channel of your blessings and your abundance flows through me to bless others. I pray for your divine wisdom and discernment in every decision I make. Guide me by your spirit that I may walk in the paths of righteousness. Protect me from deception and lead me into all truth. Grant me understanding and clarity as I navigate through the challenges of life. Open my spiritual eyes to see the hidden traps and snares of the enemy and give me the wisdom to avoid them. Lord, I pray for your divine protection over my relationships and interactions with others. Shield me from toxic relationships, manipulative individuals and those who seek to harm me. Surround me with godly friendships, mentors and advisors who will encourage me in my journey of faith. Grant me discernment to navigate through different personalities and relationships, always extending love grace and forgiveness. Father, I pray for your divine protection over my spiritual walk and growth. Guard me from spiritual attacks and the schemes of the enemy. Strengthen my faith, deepen my understanding of your word and fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. 
Protect me from false doctrines and teachings that seek to distort your truth. Empower me to live a life that is pleasing to you, honoring your name in all I do. I pray for your divine protection over my dreams, aspirations, and destiny. Lord, I surrender my plans and desires to your perfect will. Guide my steps, direct my paths, and open doors of opportunity aligned with your purpose for my life. Protect me from distractions, discouragement, and doubt. Help me to walk in faith and trust, even when the road ahead seems uncertain. Gracious God, I pray for your divine protection over my finances and resources. I declare that you are the source of all provision, and I trust in your abundant provision for my every need. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of lack and financial bondage, and I release the spirit of prosperity and abundance. I ask for wisdom and discernment in managing my finances, that I may be a good steward of the resources you have given to me. Lord, I pray for your divine protection over my purpose and calling. Guard me against distractions, discouragement, and the attacks of the enemy that seek to hinder me from fulfilling your will. Grant me boldness, courage, and perseverance to pursue the dreams and visions you have placed in my heart. Protect me from comparison, self-doubt, and the fear of failure. Empower me to walk in the fullness of my calling, making a significant impact for your kingdom. Father, I pray for your divine protection over my spiritual armor. Clothe me with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Help me to stand firm against the attacks of the enemy, resisting every temptation and walking in obedience to your word. Protect me from spiritual warfare and surround me with your host of angels to guard and defend me. I pray for your divine protection over my words and actions. Help me to speak life, encouragement and edification to others. Guard my tongue from gossip, slander and harmful words. May my words be filled with grace and seasoned with salt, bringing healing and hope to those around me. Protect me from the snares of the enemy, that I may walk in integrity and reflect your love and truth in all I do. Lord, I pray for your divine protection over my journey and travels. Guide me safely in all my comings and goings. Protect me from accidents, negative incidents, and unforeseen dangers. Surround me with your presence and keep me in the palm of your hand. Order my steps and grant me discernment to make wise choices and decisions. I pray for your divine protection over my mind, thoughts, and imaginations. Guard me against the lies and deceptions of the enemy. Fill my mind with your truth, renewing and transforming me from the inside out. Protect me from negative thought patterns, worries, and anxieties. Help me to fix my thoughts on things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Father, I pray for your divine protection over my dreams and desires. Guard my heart from discouragement and delay. Surround me with your favor and open doors that no one can shut. Protect my dreams from the attacks of the enemy and grant me the wisdom and strength 
to pursue them with diligence and perseverance. I pray for your divine protection over my spiritual life. Guard me from spiritual blindness and dullness of hearing. Open my eyes and ears to perceive your presence, your voice, and your leading. Protect me from distractions and busyness that hinder my intimacy with you. Help me to cultivate a deeper relationship with you, abiding in your presence and walking in line with your spirit. Lord, I pray for your divine protection over my family and loved ones. Guard them in every area of their lives. Protect them from harm, danger and evil influences. Surround them with your angels, encamping around them for their safety and well-being. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you shield them from every attack of the enemy and grant them your peace and joy. Mighty God, I surrender every aspect of my life to your divine protection. I trust in your unfailing love, knowing that you are my strong tower and my shield. I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I take hold of your promises, standing firm in the authority and victory I have in Jesus Christ. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want you to say Amen in the comments section below. Once I got set free, it put this like fire in me where I was like, if these things I've been dealing with for years, I didn't have to deal with, I was like, then why are other people dealing with this? So I started stepping into ministry with Jesus. I started praying for people. I would see them be delivered. I would see them be healed. And it was so amazing. It was such an exciting time with God. And it started out so, so pure. But without realizing it, it became tainted because I was still wounded from my childhood. So I let ministry become my identity. I let the things that I do for God define who I was. I was not doing from love, but I was doing for love. I remember God just sitting me down in my walk uh, with Him and taking me to this point where He was like, you're doing all these things for me, but you're forgetting about me. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. I am excited for you to hear, watch this new testimony. But I did want to let you know about some exciting news. We have partnered with multiple organizations, churches that are ready to help you through whatever you may be going through. Okay, now we've reached 50 million people all over the world, and we have seen time and time and time again in the comment sections the needs. And, uh, and we prayed about this. We asked the Lord to, to guide us and to provide resources. And uh, thankfully, the Lord has answered and we have those resources for you. And so, if you are in need of help, if you are in need of a church, if you are in need of community, if you just want to talk to somebody about struggles that you're going through or questions that you have, there will be a link in the comment section down below pinned at the top that you can click. And then it will take you to a form where you can fill out your basic information. And then somebody in your local community will contact you within 48 hours. We're really, really excited about this. So please take advantage of it if you need to. Okay? God bless you and enjoy the new testimony. Growing up, I grew up in a little bit of a dysfunctional household. I grew up um, with my mom who was at the time addicted to uh, drugs. She was addicted to meth. Um, my dad, he lived in California, so I didn't really know much of my dad 
until a little bit of a later time. But yeah, so growing up, I just remember seeing a lot of chaos in my house, uh, seeing my mom in um, a lot of abusive relationships. I grew up seeing my mom being um, choked out sometimes, uh, her hair pulled. Um, at this time, I didn't really understand that like she was addicted to drugs. So for me, the dysfunction in my life that I was seeing was uh, the dysfunction with men. I guess I didn't really realize that this life was not normal until I started going to school. And when I started going to school, I started to see, um, you know, parents picking up their kids and showing a lot of love to their kids, which um, because of the drugs, my mom didn't really have the ability to do that with me. Um, I got neglected a lot. Um, I never really hung out with her, played with her. Growing up, when I would see my mom, I would just see her um, asleep or in the room. Um, with somebody else. Uh, she had a lot of friends over all the time. And so, yeah, so when I started going to school, I started to see these kids and their moms, like, telling them, I have something for you when I go home. And I would just be, you know, waiting for my mom to pick me up. And sometimes I would be at school for, like, two hours just wondering where she was at. So it was around this time that I started to notice, like, that my life was different. And also going um, and starting to hang out with my cousins, um, and seeing their mom interact with them. Their mom, who plays a big part of my testimony, she was actually a, a believer. I remember when I would go to her house, I would see like a clear difference. There was a mom and a dad in the household, and she was very attentive to her kids, constantly cooking them dinner. For me, when I got home, there was some times that we didn't even have food in the fridge. Mm. Um, and by we, I mean like my brother, uh, who was a baby at the time, and um, my sisters, if they would come and visit, um, they ended up going with their grandma. So it was just me and my brother with my mom. But yeah, I would go and I would see a household that looked like it had a lot of love in it. And I remember just being an observer. I remember seeing like my aunt tickling her girls and I was sitting on the bed and like, that's all I wanted. And I wanted her to play with me that way um, because I craved affection that I was realizing that I wasn't getting. And so these questions started forming in my heart, like, why am I not enough? Why doesn't my mom give me love? Why is my life different? And I started to, at a really young age, um, hate my life because of everything that was happening around us. Um, growing up also, we got uh, evicted a lot of times. We never really stayed in one place at one time. I must have went to like five different uh, elementary schools and stuff like that because um, we were constantly moving. And I remember um, even at times we would uh, have to live in hotels. We would stay there for a little bit or we'd stay at one of her friend's house and we didn't have food. So we would go to a hotel's continental breakfast and we would eat. Mm. And just um, things that a, a young girl shouldn't experience, you know, I didn't have like the opportunity to just worry about being a kid and playing with my friends and my cousins. Actually, at a young age, I was learning how to steal from stores, steal from Goodwill, steal clothes. I remember like I would have a big bag and I would go take it to the car and then dump it and come back for more. So those are the things that I started learning growing up, um, learning how to be really manipulative um, because in that life, you have to lie a lot. You know, a lot of people are asking questions, um, but my mom kind of helped me to um, keep our business, our business, you know. Eventually, I did end up with my dad in California for a little bit. 
Um, that was a really hard time uh, because I had to leave my little brother who I basically was raising. Uh, I would change his diapers. I would feed him. I was so close to him. Uh, but my dad kind of heard what was going on, and he uh, told my mom that she needed to give me to him or else he was going to call CPS and get me and my little brother taken away. Mm. So um, I was the one that had to be given up. And I remember that even affecting me, like, why doesn't my mom fight for me? And so, yeah, I ended up with my dad. And I visited my dad. I loved my dad. You know, I knew him. But I wasn't really comfortable with him because I didn't spend the majority of my life with him at that time. So when I went, I remember feeling like my heart was being ripped out of my chest because I was leaving everybody that I loved. Even though my life was uh, chaotic, I loved my mom. I loved my brother. I loved my cousins. And I, uh, when I went with my dad, I just remember feeling so lonely because he doesn't have any other kids. I'm his only daughter. And um, he had to work. And California is pretty expensive. And so I, I had to live with my grandpa and my grandma because uh, he couldn't afford at that time to support me just yet. I remember just feeling so alone and feeling like I have nobody and feeling like I had a curse over my life. I remember that's what I felt like. What is wrong with me? Like, why does it seem like everybody else has a good life, but my life sucks? And um, that's the earliest memory that I have on calling out to Jesus because that aunt that I told you about, she would talk to me about Jesus when I would go to her house. She would take me to church, and when I would go, I would feel good. But I didn't really know Jesus. I, I just knew sometimes you pray, pray before you eat or sleep or something like that. Didn't really know too much. But I remember, like, in California, I was just at this low point. I was probably in fifth grade, and I remember so clearly um, sitting in the bathroom, crying because I felt so much misery as as a little girl, like wanting to die. Like I remember like trying, like thinking of ways that I could die and trying to um, even overdose on like Tylenol, trying to see like if that could take my misery away. Um, and I remember just crying and I was like, God, why did you give me this life? Like, why do you give everybody else a good life? But when it comes to me, it's like you don't see me. Like, you don't come and rescue me. I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And I, I was mad. I remember being just mad and, and confused. How confused. old were you at that time? I was in fifth grade, so I think I was, or I don't 10, know, 10, 10 11-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So that's my earliest memory with God. Um, but, yeah, so I continued in California. My mom, she um, ended up calling me while I was, like, two years into living with my dad, two or three years. And she called me and she told me that she was sober. And I was such a mama's girl. So I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm going back. So I ended up going back to Tucson to be with my mom. But something that I wasn't expecting was that I had actually built a lot of resentment towards my mom unknowingly because um, she was the source of, like, all the misery in my life. That's what I thought. And so when I came back, and um, had a lot of hope for us being together. My brother ended up in the CPS system, but I, the CPS didn't know that I was living with her yet. Um, but I remember my mom, though she stopped doing drugs, she still had really toxic uh, addictions with men. I would see these men in her life, this one man in particular who just was horrible, like knowing that it's, it's, there's spirits and there's things that are influencing him. So I know that he's not the 
the enemy. But in this time, I did see it like that. I would see him um, put like a knife to my mom's neck, take her to the desert and all this like horrible stuff. And I remember just like my mom still choosing to be with him over spending time with me. And I felt neglected again. And as soon as I started feeling that familiar feeling of neglection and feeling like you're picking someone else over me, I rebelled like in an instant. And I just realized, you know, I'm like, I have to be the boss of my own life. I was like, nobody is going to fight for me, so I'm just going to fight for myself. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And nobody's going to tell me nothing because I don't have a responsible parent in my life. I'm like, so I could do whatever I want. I started partying at a really young age. It was like at 13, I started smoking cigarettes. Um, I started experimenting with weed. I started um, drinking and I remember, like, whenever my mom would try to tell me something, I would just be like, you don't have the right. And I would just continue doing whatever I was doing. And eventually um, that ended up to CPS finding out that I was living with my mom. And I ended up in a group home. And I had to be separated from my mom. And I just remember thinking that same thing again, like, this is my life. I'm cursed. It sucks. I just remember, like, uh, being in the group home, and just feeling so much despair, like feeling so much hopelessness and feeling like this was going to be my life forever. Like I'm going to never, I'm not going to ever know what joy feels like. I'm not going to ever know what peace feels like. I'm just going to feel darkness no matter where I go because that's just what happens to me. That's all I've seen. That's all I know. Uh, that's all I knew. I remember in that place, like just um, trying to sleep my nights away. I felt like um, one day when I'm older, like, I'll be able to actually do things and I'll be able to get control of my life. So um, I was like, I'm just going to sleep. And so I would sleep and sleep and sleep. I would cry myself to sleep and just wait for it to be over. And, yeah, I eventually ended up back with my mom, but um, still had a lot of rebellious mindsets and just continued in that partying lifestyle. But here and there, I would go to my aunt's. And at this point of her um, life, she was, like, a really on-fire, like, believer. Like, she just, like, all she did was talk about Jesus. And there was this one time, uh, this was the moment that the Holy Spirit really grabbed my heart. Um, because, like I said, I would go to church. And there were, like, I would go to church, and any time that I would go to church, I would cry. I didn't understand why I would cry. And then every time they did, like, an altar call, I was getting saved every Sunday. Like, I was like, that's me. And I would get prayer, but it didn't go as far as that. It was just like, get prayer, go home. Your life still sucks. Whatever, you know? But, yeah, so I would see my aunt, and I had the desire for God, but um, I kind of thought God was only, like, a king on a throne. I didn't really know that he could be, like, a personal friend. Right. And when she would talk about God, I remember, like, being curious of, like, she talks like she knows him. Like, I'm like, she talks like she knows God. Why? Like, what is the difference between my relationship with God versus her relationship with God? And uh, so there was this one night I was just sitting and I was watching her talk about God. And I just went up to her and I was like, how do I have a relationship with God? Like how you have a relationship with God. And I remember so clearly her just saying, well, she said, you have a choice. She said, either you live for the world or you live for God, but you can't have both. Mm. And I remember when she said that, it like clicked and it provoked something in me where I was like, I want to try God. Like, I want to see what this is about. I have tried everything. I have drank. I have, I tried to sell drugs. 
that was a flop. But I was like, nothing brings me, like, um, fulfillment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. The church ended up having a 21-day fast going on at that time. And I was addicted to cigarettes. And I was like, okay. I was like, um, and I was about 14 at this time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to um, fast my cigarettes. I remember breaking my cigarettes and literally throwing them away and saying, okay, God, I'm going to try you. And so I remember the first three days were the hardest. If you have ever been addicted to nicotine, you know that like it is one of the hardest things to give up because you constantly think of it. But after three days, it stopped being harder. I remember going to church and feeling something that I had never felt before. I felt like Jesus was in the room. Like, I remember, like, every worship song, I felt like it was him singing it to me. I felt like he was so close. And that was something I didn't experience before. I felt like I was starting to know that he's not just a king on a throne, but he's next to me. He knows me. I didn't know how I, I knew that he knew me, but I was like, he knows me, and he loves me, and I felt it. I felt it through every message. I felt it through every worship song. I felt it through hearing his love for other people. I started to understand who he was. I was falling in love with him. Uh, for about a year, I was following God. Everything was really good. I stopped partying. I stopped drinking, doing all of that stuff. I disconnected from some friends. But something happened in my walk at that time. I came to this place after about a year where I stopped feeling his presence. I I started freaking out. I was like, what is happening? I was like, he's leaving me. I thought that God abandoned me like everybody else in my life. I tried to hang on for a little bit, but I started to get resentful. I started to feel like this is too good to be true. This is my life. I gave up on following God, and I went back into a partying lifestyle. It just always led to emptiness, always having to get drunk or get high again to fill a void um, because it never lasted. The good times were good only when you were doing it, but afterwards, everything that you're feeling just settles right back on you. I just remember being like, the only time that I feel good is when I follow God. After um, like a year of being off of following God, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again. And so we get the ball rolling. I'm like starting to hear God again. I'm like, this is so cool. Everything's like starting to go good. And um, and you then, were going to the same church or this was a different? Um, I was going to the same church here and there, but I would say that I wasn't really going to a church consistently. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that has a big reason to do why I was very back and forth. Mm-hmm. I didn't have community and I didn't have people to help me understand what comes with this walk, the battle, the fight. Uh, The second time that I started pursuing God again, this guy came in my life. I had never been in a relationship. I've always wanted to. I always, always wanted to be in a relationship. I always wanted love. Like that was my dream. It was like any form of love, like I want it. So when this guy started giving me attention, I remember God just putting on my heart, like, don't do this. Like this is going to be the demise of what we have going on right now. Um, but I didn't listen, and this guy ended up breaking my heart. And I just remember being so angry with God. I was like, why can't I have nothing good in my life? I'm like, why do you hate me? And I remember um, telling God, I was looking in the mirror, and I remember saying, if you don't help me, I was like, well, then I give permission to the devil to help me. Wow. And immediately I felt so much fear come over me, and I, I was, I took it back in a second. But that's how I felt. Like, I was like, God, you're not helping me. I'm like, so whatever else. Yeah, I went back into partying again for the last time. 
And this time, it was really interesting because it was so different. I remember I started partying and I started feeling convicted. And I did not know what that feeling was. I would drink and then I would cry. Mm. I would be drunk and I would just start telling my friends, I'm like, guys, we shouldn't be living this way. I'm like, there's so much more to life. And then uh, they hated to take me out. They were like, why do we bring her out? Because every time she goes out, she starts preaching to the point where people would be like, you're the girl that talks about Jesus um, when you're drunk. And I'm like, that's me. Because there was this battle where my spirit was longing for Jesus, but my soul, my my soul was broken and it was fractured and it didn't know how to fully uh, find Jesus. But I started getting mad because I'm like, I want to party and I can't party the same anymore. I'm like, I started to realize like that was a bother to the people that I was partying with. And so that started to make me feel isolated. And I remember just telling God one night, I looked up and I was like, leave me alone. I was like, when I want to follow you, I will follow you. I was like, believe me alone. And he didn't. He didn't. And I'm so thankful that he didn't. God was so relenting in his pursuit over my life. I remember just having this strong desire and this deep, deep desire, knowing that like what I need is in Jesus and knowing that everything that I'm doing will never satisfy me. And I didn't want to give it up yet because I was like, I'm not, I, I always knew that like following Jesus meant giving up your way. I had that understanding because of what my aunt told me the very first time. And so I always took that with me. I knew that I couldn't live a double, a double uh, life. And so I was like, but I'm not ready to give up where I'm at in life right now. I have a lot of friends. I have a good time with them. I'm like, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to give that up. And I knew that if I did give up drinking and all that stuff, it was going to remove the things that connect me with my friends. But at the same time, I just needed Jesus. I just remember I started coming to this place of like really, like a really, really low, like rock bottom. Um, I dropped out of high school and all I was doing was uh, partying and drinking, like probably like four days out of the week. I remember my relationships with my family was destroyed because I didn't care to spend time with them. I was doing my own thing. I lived a very selfish life. I didn't care who it affected. I remember my little brother crying to me because, you know, of the things that I was doing. You could, If you looked at me, you could clearly see that I was going down the wrong path. I knew it, too. And I felt like my biggest fear was to end up like my mom. And when people would say that, I, I would hate it. And they would say, like, you're going down the path that your mom was going. I would get so mad. But I was. I was going down a path of destruction. And I just remember just um, being in such misery, like literally, and not knowing how to numb the pain. And there was this point where I just started to get sick of the lifestyle that I was living, and I started to miss Jesus again. I told God, I was like, I want to follow you, but I don't have the strength. I don't know how to get back to that place, and so I need your help. And God came, and he answered quickly. Within a month, I lost all my friends. All my friends that I had been friends with from high school. I just remember God literally stripping me of everything. And I was in this place where it was it was a battle because I was like, I'm lonely. I was like, God, I was like, I want to follow you, but I'm lonely. I was like, can you at least send me like a Christian boyfriend or something? And I remember God saying, until I'm enough for you, 
nothing else will ever be. And so then, yeah, I remember just going on this journey of like uh, being with God all by myself for the first time. God started to reveal himself to me in a way that I never knew before. I started to go around like these communities of people where they started to show me different aspects of, of Jesus that I've never met. One of them being like the spiritual side of things, you know. Uh, there's this girl who she starts praying over me and at this time I had a lot of hurt with my mom still. Um, I would tell my mom horrible things. I would tell her a penny is worth more than you. I wanted to hurt her with my words. I wanted to make her feel how she made me feel all my life. And I remember this woman just saying, um, she's like, see, your tongue is like a whip. And she's like, and you just, and then it's like you grab your mouth and you just like, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I say? And that was crazy to me because that's exactly what would happen. And she's like, the enemy has perverted the purpose of your tongue. I remember me being like, oh my gosh, God sees me, God knows me. And it opened this whole realm for me to understand, I guess, the spiritual things of God. So I started to search up um, like moves of God, things like that. And I ended up um, learning about uh, deliverance. I ended up learning about how the enemy affects our lives. And that I never realized before. Um, because I always knew that there was like a devil, but I thought that, um, I didn't realize how much of an effect he had over my life because his purpose is to still kill and destroy. And I was blaming God and I was blaming my mom for the things that were happening to me. I didn't realize I had an enemy coming against me, but God started to show me that, um, I do. And when I started to learn that God started to open these doors for me to talk to these people and meet these people who um, helped me to receive deliverance. That was the changing factor of my walk with God, where I was like, these things, you're telling me that these things that I've been struggling with, I didn't have to struggle with. And I got delivered. I got set free from a lot of things. Um, in my younger years, I got abused uh, sexually. And so that opened the door to a lot of perverted thoughts, mindsets, dreams that I had no control of that made me feel so dirty, so disgusting. That's how I felt. That's how it made me feel like so much shame. I had a lot of rejection. I always felt like an orphan um, because I was physically an orphan. I always felt like I was um, an outsider looking in. I never felt like I belonged in a place and I felt like nobody loved me. Once I got set free, it put this like fire in me where I was like, if these things I've been dealing with for years, I didn't have to deal with. I was like, then why are other people dealing with this? So I started stepping into ministry with Jesus. I started praying for people and I would see them be delivered. I would see them be healed. And it was so amazing. It was such an exciting time with God. And it started out so, so pure. But without realizing it, it became tainted because I was still wounded from my childhood. And so I let ministry become my identity. I let the things that I do for God define who I was. I was not doing from love, but I was doing for love. I remember uh, God just sitting me down in my walk uh, with him and taking me to this point where he was like, you're doing all these things for me, but you're forgetting about me. Hmm. And at this time, uh, though I experienced Jesus, I wouldn't say I fully knew him yet. 
I was experiencing him. He was changing my life, changing my desires. Like, I, my desires were completely different. I stopped um, wanting to listen to worldly music. I stopped wanting to cuss. I started wanting to love people. I started wanting to be kind and gracious. All these things, selfless, these things that were never at the forefront of my mind before began to be the desires that were leading me. But there was still these parts of me that had to be dealt with. When I went into ministry, I went into ministry not fully healed yet. And not saying that you can't, but this was the danger for me, was that I let people people's words validate me. That's what I started pursuing. So anytime that I would start reading or praying, it wasn't to spend time with Jesus. It was to pour out to other people. I'm like, I need to pray so that I can have the power of God to pray for somebody else. Mm. And I remember God just taking me to this point in my walk where he's like, and honestly, my devotion in this time wasn't very good. But I remember God taking me to this point in my walk where he's like, I want um, you to start reading. And I had this mindset for of God, like, if I don't do for him, then um, he's not going to love me or he's going to be disappointed in me. I uh, had a very performance-driven devotion to God. And I remember when I uh, started to try to read, I would open my word and I would just honestly, I would be bored or I would be totally uninspired or I wouldn't get it. And I remember one day I was just telling God, I'm like, I'm like, I don't get this. And I'm like, you must be so mad at me. And I, I felt that way. But um, I just remember God saying so clearly, he's like, I don't ask you to read so that you could, um, so that I could love you more. I asked you to read so that you could understand my love for you. And that started this new journey, like with God that I had never um, really realized before, which was learning uh, the heart of God. And I really believe that these are the things that helped me to remain in my uh, walk with God till this day. These are the things that grounded me and rooted me. God started to show his heart for me. I actually started to ask questions, like questions that I hadn't asked before, because when he started to show me uh, his love, I wanted to know, I guess, how deep it went. And I remember asking why would you continue to pursue me after I pushed you away so many times? Um, after I said no, like, how did you still come after me? And I remember God just telling me that he's like, I know why you are the way you are and why you made the decisions you made. And I remember him just telling me, I didn't come for the drunks list. I came for the little girl who believed the lie that she wasn't enough. And there was these little moments that God would have with me where he would just reveal just these aspects of his heart that blew me away because the way I love God today is because of the way that he's loved me. And the way I love other people is out of an overflow of his love for me. And I didn't realize how deep and how unconditional and how great it is. And his love is healing. And the reason why I could talk today about my testimony without tears is because God has fully restored me in his love. Because I realized that if Jesus loves you, that's all you need. Jesus' validation is enough. And so when I started going through this journey with God for about a year, of just him taking these mindsets that I would have. I just dealt with so much worthlessness. Um, I dealt with so much uh, feelings. Like the major thing was like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I can't do this. 
Um, there were so many moments in my walk with God where I struggled because I felt him putting these impressions on my heart for things to do. But I felt like I am a high school dropout. I cannot even speak. I'm like, you know, all my life I've felt dumb. But God just speaking these things like I use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and I didn't understand what that meant and then hearing like God for a season just say like you were born for such a time as this I was like what does that mean and I remember when God started to show me I was like you believe in me I'm like I don't even believe in me nobody's believed in me God loved me when I was unlovable and he gave me a chance when nobody else gave a ch- gave me a chance and I remember that that's what made me fall in love with Jesus because he's so kind. He started to teach me his voice. I remember he would have me do these little exercises with him where he would be like, pick up that piece of trash on the floor or push the grocery cart back all the way to the thing. And I would like be like, why do I have the impression to do this? I didn't understand, but I would do it. And I didn't realize that he was teaching me how to obey him, teaching me how to hear his voice. Yeah, it was an amazing journey, and God, in this time, um, just continued to transform me and taught me how to um, love my mom. That was a relationship that was really broken and uh, messed up, but in that time where God was showing me His love for me, He actually even showed me His love for my mom. I remember that he showed me a vision of my mom as a little girl, and I seen my mom uh, in the vision getting, like, abused, getting neglected, and God just telling me she couldn't give me the love that she never received, and that hurt people hurt people. I never heard that before. I never heard that before, but when he said it, it made sense, and I realized my mom hasn't known love who's Jesus. So how could I expect her to give me the love that she's never received? And so I had this mindset where I was like, God, I want to show her the love that you've shown me. And it started this relationship of just mending a lot of apologies, a lot of me having to come and tell my mom, like, I love you and you're worthy and all these things that God was telling me. And it's still a working progress, but I'll tell you that we are not where we're at and we are like unrecognizable in our relationship. And yeah, God just continued to bring so much order into my life where there was disorder. And that's what Jesus does. I realized is there's so much chaos, but Jesus is peace. Jesus is love. Jesus is order. And when he came in my life, everything started to get restored. That was broken. Even how I viewed myself because I had realized Uh, later on was that everything I was doing, every decision that I made in the life of like partying and all that stuff was always to um, feel validated. And I got a sense of identity from those things. But when I realized that Jesus is enough, it removes everything else. You don't need anything else except for him. Nothing else satisfies except for him. Celeste, who is Jesus to you? That question is um, is hard because how do you narrow down one thing to a man who is everything? When I'm in distress, he's my comforter. When I am filled with anxiety, he's my peace. When I need help with an outfit, he's my friend. He is um, everything to me. And he is the man who believed in me when nobody else did. And I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus, and that's something I didn't know that I could ever be. But I'm in love with him, so he's everything to me. 
Amen. Celeste, what's your relationship with uh, with your father now today? Do you have any type of relationship with him? Right now, um, I do talk to my dad. He doesn't believe in God. So right now with my life, he um, he's kind of confused with what's going on. But he's happy that I'm going down a, a better path. And I'm just believing that God is going to save my family. And what he did in my life, he'll do in those around me. Amen. How about with your with your mom? Obviously, you spoke about the love that God uh, revealed to you uh, that you should have towards her, you know, and uh, the things that she even needed in her uh, youth. But what is your relationship like with her today? Today, I live with my mom and um, she's sober. She is doing so good. She's living a life that I never thought possible. And like I said, we're we're working on our relationship. It's always a working progress, but we're not where we're at. There's so much to be said about God's goodness in our relationship. Amen. Celeste, you are 21 years old, and you've been walking with Jesus now for three, three and a half years, faithfully. Could you give a word of encouragement to, to those who are watching, to the young people watching? You know, we're seeing a lot of things that are coming against the youth in today's time, and and it's a blessing to see you uh, walk with God, walk with Jesus. Can you give a, a word of encouragement to those are, who are watching, who maybe are, are around your age group? Yeah. For people my age uh, trying to walk this walk, I know that it is hard. But what I would say is that this is the most fulfilling thing that you could ever pursue. I know what it's like to look for all the right things in all the wrong places. But Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And in him, there's peace. In him, there's joy. He's the love that you've been looking for. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And don't let people despise your youth, because what God can do in you is so much greater than what people could ever know if you give him your yes. And that's all he's looking for. He's looking for a life laid down, and he's looking for a yes. And that's all he needs. Amen. Uh, Celeste, you experienced a tough childhood with uh, parents were, that weren't really present in your life. For those that are experiencing that same thing, that maybe their parents are not uh, present in their life for whatever reason, um, whether it's drugs or work or whatever the case may be, could you just give a word to encouragement to those who maybe are in that place and uh, are feeling discouraged? I would say... Um I know it's hard, but Jesus, um, he's the greatest father, the greatest comforter. He can make something out of your story that you never thought possible if you let him show you what he could do with the broken life. God is the God of restoration, and in Jesus there's hope, and I know that in that place it's very easy to feel like there's no hope and you can't see your way out, but if you could just see God's hand reaching, I would just say grab it because he'll pull you out and make something beautiful where it's um, a big mess. Amen. Celeste, do you have any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? I think one thing that I would love to just say um, is that though Jesus did all these things for me, though he healed me from my wounds, he delivered me from demons, uh, he gave me joy and peace, I don't pursue Jesus because of the things that he gives me. I pursue Jesus because of who he is. Um, he's worthy. He's worthy to abandon everything before him. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. I stand and I remain in this walk with Jesus, 
not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. And that's what's anchored me this time around. That's what's made me continue to follow Jesus in the midst of trials because this walk sometimes does get hard. And in this world, bones will break, um, but we have victory in God. And God is just looking for us to put our eyes on him and to remain in Christ and um, know that if you are looking for your purpose, um, your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so if you want to know who you are, you got to know who he is. That's all I say. Amen. Lastly, Celeste, could you just pray for those who are connecting with your testimony, um, who are ready to receive Jesus into their life? Could you just pray for them? So, Jesus, I just come before you right now, God, and I just thank you, Lord, for everybody who's watching, God, who is desiring you, God, who has a broken life, Jesus, and is looking for you to be the restorer and the redeemer, God. That is who you are and that is what you do, God. I ask that you meet them where they're at, Lord Jesus, that you show them that there is no depth too deep, God, or no mountain too high, God, that you will not save them from, that you will not rescue them from, Lord. I just pray, Father, that you come into their life, God, and where there is chaos, that you would bring peace, God. Where there is anxiety, God, that you would bring rest, Jesus. I just pray, Father, for their salvation. I pray for their purpose and for their destiny, that they would walk in who they are meant to be. And I thank you, Lord, that they were born for such a time as this. In your name, Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen.
Not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a testimony this young lady have. And uh, I thank God for good testimonies. I really do. Because it will encourage us. Yeah. It will encourage us and put us in a place where we should be with him. Because if we can but believe, if we can but believe today, uh, it will be all right in Jesus' name. I am looking for our next um, quick testimony this morning. And so we're going in to listen to this one. And uh, I thank God for it. And uh, when we come back, the studio will be open. If there's anyone have something they would like to say today. I pull the truck back, and I pull out on the highway, taking my time. I don't put my seatbelt back on simply because this is just a quick little turnaround. This is easy. We do this all the time. Pull out. As soon as I get to the farthest fast lane and make my right, another pickup truck is coming off the exit, and they T-bone me right in the middle of my pickup truck, almost split it in half. I flew from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side of the truck, and the most damage was done when my neck snapped back and my spine was severed. I woke up in the hospital a couple days later, but what I noticed was that I couldn't feel my body. And before I can even get a thought of what was going on, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, don't panic. I will heal you. Those few words taught me that this wasn't a punishment. This is an assignment. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. I am excited for you to hear, watch this new testimony. But I did want to let you know about some exciting news. We have partnered with multiple organizations, churches, 
that are ready to help you through whatever you may be going through. Okay, now we've reached 50 million people all over the world and we have seen time and time and time again in the comment sections the needs. And, uh, and we prayed about this. We asked the Lord to, to guide us and to provide resources. And uh, thankfully, the Lord has answered and we have those resources for you. And so, if you are in need of help, if you are in need of a church, if you are in need of community, if you just want to talk to somebody about struggles that you're going through or questions that you have, there will be a link in the comment section down below pinned at the top that you can click. And then it will take you to a form where you can fill out your basic information. And then somebody in your local community will contact you within 48 hours. We're really, really excited about this. So please take advantage of it if you need to. Okay? God bless you and enjoy the new testimony. I grew up in not the nicest areas as far as um, some people call it hood. And um, I was very, very highly protected. What I mean is um, I had parents that were protective, not overprotective. Uh, mom and dad, pastor, first lady of the church. So I grew up as a PK. And uh, even though we, were, we saw some things around us, my brothers and I, we were um, covered by the Lord. Um, we had never been through anything drastic, anything you would call a crisis or um, super scary situation. Five boys, and uh, we all grew up under the unction of the Holy Spirit. All five married now, uh, all five still in Christ. And my testimony was different because for a long time, I had not seen or experienced anything that gave me a story, mm. per se, that gave me something to connect with people about never seen molestation, never seen abuse, never broke a bone, uh, never was diagnosed with anything. So for a long time, the Lord gave me a very peaceful life. Um, seeing friends die, classmates shot and killed, selling drugs, locked up for years, never was anywhere near that. Simply because my parents taught us the fear of the Lord really early. And I truly believe that my heart was softened for God at a very, very young age. I didn't want to disappoint my parents, but more importantly, I didn't want to disappoint the Lord. So all the way up until my mid-20s in the church, did it just about any position you can imagine, from holding the offering bucket to leading the praise team to playing in the band to running the band to directing the choir to doing the camera system. Being a PK, it allowed us to be very versatile. And my parents did an amazing job with allowing us to explore uh, gifts and gave us room and supported us exploring our gifts. Childhood was awesome. My parents have been married now 46 years, and I had the best example of marriage. So when I went home to a wholesome house with mom and dad, food on the table, clothes on our back, roof over our head, no cursing, no drinking, no smoking, never experienced this stuff. My buddies in church were going home to the opposite. And I think I began to be develop a mindset that everybody in church grew up like me, but I was mistaken. Hmm. And I'm grateful now to really understand that even though we fellowship together, we go home to 
totally different backgrounds and different lifestyles. So my compassion and my heart for the ones that I worship with is totally different from what it was growing up because I've, I've understood through seeing testimonies and through going through testimonies of my own now. So that was, that was life growing up. Mm. Now, Vincent, like you mentioned, you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, uh, for somebody who grew up in a protected space, yeah. grew up in the church, serving, that can be a, a, a very a thing that will shake a lot of people. Absolutely. Can you tell us about what happened in your life and what had, what God has done in your life? Yes. November 2011, I was at the height of my career, per se, uh, as an actor, as a writer. I was um, getting ready to go on my first stage play tour, a play that I wrote and directed myself. I was so excited about it. Had an amazing crew and cast. I was doing stand-up comedy in that season. Um, I had met my wife a couple of months earlier. We were engaged for three weeks, uh, the love of my life. And um, what happened to me could have happened to anybody. My baby brother had a Jeep. It was my Jeep at the time, and the alternator was going bad. No, I'm not a car guy, right? So at this time, I had no idea that when the alternator is going bad, it drains your battery. So a few times that week, the battery would just die right where I was at, in the parking lot, in Wendy's, you know, drive-through, wherever I was at, it would just, the car would power down. I didn't think too much of it. I just say, okay, maybe the wires on my, you know, battery is a little janky because I had an older Jeep. So I would wiggle the wires, car will come back on, no problem. This particular night, my baby brother's driving back home. Um, We lived about an hour out of Detroit. And he was probably midway home from Detroit. Called me and said, man, the battery died again. I'm on I-75 and 59. And I was very close to where he was at, probably like 10 minutes away, right? Cool. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Don't even worry about it. I'll get there. We'll jump the car. The mechanic lives about 15 minutes up the road. We'll get the car there, drop it off for the night, head home. Had his whole plan. We get there. I pull behind him, obviously, because he's on the highway. So he's on the side of the highway, and traffic is just flying 80, 90 miles per hour. You know, people are just going down. We get out the car. We look at the situation. I said, okay, look, I'm going to get back in the truck. And when the traffic clear, it waves me out and let me know that traffic is clear so I can drive out on the highway. I'll get to the furthest lane over. I'll make a circle so that I can come and face you on the side of the highway. Obviously, it's the only way you can jump, you know, the battery. Cool. I got some stuff in the back of the truck uh, in the hatch, so I can't see behind me. So I'm counting on my baby brother's eye to let me know when traffic is clear. Traffic finally clears up after a couple of minutes. It's clear. Go, go. And he's standing out in the highway. I pull the truck back, and I pull out in the highway, taking my time. I don't put my seatbelt back on simply because this is just a quick little turnaround. This is easy. We do this all the time. Pull out. As soon as I get to the farthest fast lane and make my right, another pickup truck is coming off the exit. So we're literally where I-75 meets 59. So 59 is like literally an exit right next to where the truck stops. So we're right by an exit. And these guys must have been going about 85. My baby brother didn't even see them coming. 
I obviously didn't see him coming, and it was like the perfect timing for the disaster that happened. And as soon as I made my right turn to go to the side of the highway, they don't think I'm turning, and I don't see them coming. And they T-boned me right in the middle of my pickup truck, almost split it in half. Um, the pictures are just, like, mind-blowing. I flew from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side of the truck, and I busted my head wide open. This is my battle scar. So it travels from this side all the way through. And it's healed up pretty good now, but um, I busted my head on the windshield. And when I hit my head, my head split wide open this way. And the most damage was done when my neck snapped back and my spine was severed. And my, my spine just disconnected from how it holds itself together. Broke my neck immediately. My body flows back, flies back to the driver's seat. Um, I didn't see them coming, so I have no memory of the sound, lights, the accident at all. For me, I just woke up in the hospital. And to be honest, if you ask me, God shielded me from the experience, almost like he allowed me to go to sleep. Hmm. Because I woke up in the hospital a couple of days later. Now, in that night, after I flew back to the driver's seat, my baby brother obviously is, he's standing outside on the highway. He sees this whole thing happen. And what I understand is when accidents like this happen to us, they happen to all of us, everybody in our circle, everybody in our family. But he witnessed it. And to be perfectly transparent, I truly feel like the Lord knew that I would be able to handle sitting more than I would have been able to handle watching my baby brother get hit like that. It's almost like God just knows who can handle what. He said The word says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. And I truly believe that I've lived it. He opens the door, and I fall out in his arms. He literally catches my body. And the only way he knew that my head was busted open was he heard the blood hitting the grass. And he's, heard, he's hearing his blood drip, 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 and he looks up. And he sees my head wide open. And before he can even begin to try to help, a nurse shows up. And she says, I'm a nurse. Don't touch him. But let me grab a piece of clothing and wrap his head to stop the bleeding. She wrapped my head helped close it up to stop the beat, the bleeding. Uh, somebody calls 911. The highway is shut down. And it's shut down to the point to where it looks like a fatality. They don't even know if I'm going to make it or not. They come in. They get me out to the nearest hospital. My baby brother meets us, meets the family over at the hospital. He has the job of calling the whole family to letting them know that Vince was just hit. He had no idea if I wasn't going to make it. He had hopes. We're family of faith. Of course I'm going to make it, right? But in moments like that, all you can do is lean on God. You don't know that God is all you need until God is all you have. Waking up in the hospital was it's a little bit of a blur. Um, obviously, I had a very bad concussion. They thought I had brain damage. I didn't. Very dizzy. The room was spinning. Heavily medicated. But what I noticed was that I couldn't feel my body. That's the first thing I noticed. Didn't know where I was at. Didn't know why I was there. And before I can even get a thought of what was going on, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, don't panic. I will heal you. Those few words immediately taught me that this wasn't a punishment. 
this is an assignment. Immediately I had to make up in my mind, what kind of believer are you going to be? Mm. Are you going to be the guy that sung about him, read about him, prayed to him, cried to him, believed in his word, and as soon as a crisis comes, you fall apart? Or are you going to apply all of those things that you've developed over all of these years? And I made up my mind immediately, I'm going to be the guy that applies everything that I've believed in my whole life. In this season, I need God more now than ever before. Hearing those words, don't panic, I will heal you, gave me a peace that passes all understanding. November 2nd, 2011 was the day that my life changed forever and the day my greatest assignment began. Vincent, tell us about these uh this last several years and this uh your 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 life radically uh changed. Everything is different in the sense of how you do things, how you get around. Um you mentioned that you that you were engaged? Three three weeks I was engaged. Yeah. Three weeks. Tell us about that. Um what was her reaction? What how did God help you in that? Because now it's not even just you, but there's another person that is vowing to give her life, you know, to be with you. And now things have changed. So tell us about that. What what happened there? But this is the part of the story that I love when she tells it because it's like she's like so good explaining her experience. Obviously, I've had my experience. Right. And I think when crisis happens, the first thing we think of is why me, right? But I never felt alone. I never had a fear that she would leave. I felt like if it was anybody else, they would have left. And I probably wouldn't have been mad at them. It would have hurt, but I would have understood, right? You're 25 years old. You're gorgeous. You've worked your whole life to be a wife just for this moment to, to happen and change the trajectory of what your understanding of marriage is. Waking up, she was one of the first people I saw. My baby brother was on the right side of my bed. My fiance was on the left side of my bed. I never had a fear if she was going to leave or not. My worry was, how am I going to provide for her? We met in August. We were engaged in October. The accident happened in November. And she stood there and she said a few things to me that I'll never forget. Not only was I a man of faith and came from a family of faith, she was a woman of faith and came from a family of faith. We were equally yoked. We were ready for something that we never imagined would even happen. Mm. She said, Vince, the night of the accident, I went to the church and I prayed. And I asked the Lord, what should I do? And he told her two things. He said, Larice, this accident doesn't change who I told you he was. I told you he was your husband. That's who he is. Mm. The second thing he told her in prayer was, I'm going to take him places in his wheelchair that I could never take him on his feet. Wow. The confirmation for her that this wasn't a punishment, that this was an assignment, was that word. I'm going to take him places in his wheelchair that I could never take him on his feet. That meant to her, this is a new assignment for us. We have no idea what this looks like. We have no idea how heavy this is going to be, how scary this is going to be. But we trust the God that we know. I woke up in the hospital and she gave me those words. So I got, don't panic, I will heal you. She got, I'm going to take him places in his chair. I can take him on his feet. So the beginning 
of this crazy lifestyle started with some strong confirmations given to us directly by God himself. It wasn't a prophet. It wasn't a man or woman of God. You know, it, it wasn't a prophecy. It wasn't a word. It came from the Lord. The blessing was knowing him before the accident happened, not getting into the accident and then trying to go and find God. I knew him. I've seen him heal. I've seen people delivered from demonic possession. I've seen it. Just like the children of Israel saw it, I said, I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to see it. And then when crisis happens, now I don't know what to do. No, like this is the same God, the same God that did this for him and for her and that I read about and that I've watched. This is the same God that has me in his hand right now. And even though I was really worried about, like, how am I going to provide? Am I going to be able to sexually please her? Am I going to be able to work? Like, when am I going to get up? Immediately, my mindset was, God said he's going to heal me, right? Immediately, I'm going off his word. I'm holding on to what he gave me. So I said, okay, I'll probably be up in a couple of weeks. Then we're going to get married. I'm going to walk down the aisle for you. I looked at my wife and my fiance at the time, and I said, babe, give me a couple of months. Give me a couple of months. I'm going to be up. I'm about to go to therapy. This is a testimony. God is about to get ready to blow everybody's minds around us. I am going to be a living, breathing, walking, talking miracle. Give me a couple of months. I walked in the aisle. I got you. God used her because even though we got engaged in October and the accident happened in November, the same woman that I just met three months ago said, no, we're not going to wait. I'm going to marry you now. I'm going to marry you now so that I can take care of you the way a wife should. I want God to cover us, and I'm going to walk this journey with you. And when you get up, then you can walk down the aisle for me. I've never seen a woman with that type of faith before. But this was the wife that God gave me, the wife that I prayed for. This was the wife that I needed that I didn't know I needed. This was the wife that God anointed to walk this journey with me for 12 long years that's still here, that's still believing, that's still trusting by faith, still taking care of me. Scary, nonetheless, we had the confirmations we needed. And we told the Lord, if this is what you have for us, we receive our assignment. Lead us, Lord. Let's go. Vincent, how, how long has it been now since you've been uh, in a wheelchair? 2011. I'm coming, on, coming up on 12 years. 12 years. November the 2nd. Yeah. It'll be my 12th year anniversary of, my, of the greatest assignment of my life. Hmm. What a lot of people don't understand is every day I wake up, since then, my question is, Lord, is today the day? I'm ready. Is my assignment done? If not, give me the strength to endure. But 12 years. I'm not the first person to have a 12-year assignment. I won't be the last. But I'm here, and I'm holding on to his promise. Uh, Vincent, talk to us about these last 12 years. Uh, you know, waiting on that promise but also being active in, in the assignment. You got some words, uh, some promises that he would use you. You know, he would do things that he couldn't do while you were walking, you know, while walking. And so if you could tell us a little bit about that, what have you seen God do in these last 12 years in your life? Yeah. yeah. Um, the best way to describe that is going through a quick timeline. 
uh, the first two years were just getting home and healing. The doctors told me that if you get any movement back, you'll get it back within the first year. If you get it back, you'll go through a, a, what we like to call a nerve pain stage, which means the nerves in your legs and the nerves in different areas of your body where you lost feeling will begin to fire off and burn and ache and sting and tingle. I didn't get that year one. I got nothing. What I did get was a pressure wound. And some people know about those. They know that if it gets infected, it can get in your bloodstream. It can kill you. It's very serious. I had a pressure wound in my back the size of a baseball. And they had to go in and do surgery and irrigate it. And literally went through two years being at home, healing. This pressure wound went from being the size of a baseball to closing all the way up with not, without any surgery. It just took time. Thank God I didn't feel it. Um, being paralyzed sometimes can be scary because you don't feel things that can warn you, right? Like if you feel an ache or a pain, or you can tend to it. You can bandage it up or you can, you know, get it looked at. You know, I didn't have that feeling. Uh, year three, I returned back to the stage. I was riding a stage play year three. It's called Street Corner. Great, great play. Um, and when I wrote that play, I didn't write it with myself on stage. I was excited to just get back to the writing. And when everybody was coming around me, are you going to be in your play? What character are you going to play? No, 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 no. I'm not ready for that. And while I was producing it, I had it fully casted. The lead character was casted. Everybody was casted. And God said, what makes you think I don't want you to return back to the stage now? I was going off of what I thought it looked like. I said, I can't wait till I get up. Then I'll get back to the stage. Then I'll get back to writing and directing and producing and singing. God said, no, 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 no. I want to use you where you are now. God gave me the green light and said, not only are you going to be in this play, but you're playing the lead. It wasn't my desire. Hear me, guys. Hear me. I didn't want to return back to the stage as a quadriplegic that didn't have much strength, that didn't have a diaphragm, that couldn't really speak aloud that hardly had the strength to push yourself across the stage. But God gave me the strength. It was an amazing experience. We had an amazing uh, turnout at Wayne State University in Detroit. It was awesome. Around year four and five, I still didn't have movement and not as much feeling as I thought I should. Even after the play, right? I got back to writing. I got back to playing the keyboard at the church. I had two fingers. I played the keyboard with this finger and this thumb, these two guys. And God anointed that sound to make it sound like I had all my fingers. Everybody thought I had my hands. And I literally allowed Holy Spirit to teach me and train me how to mix my sounds and make it sound full enough for a full band sound. But I didn't get discouraged, but I did get a little bit antsy. Because the hardest part about the waiting process or the miracle process is the waiting. Because I don't know when it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to happen. Year five and a half-ish, I didn't get the nerve pains that they told me I should get back in year one. And I'm like, God, you said you're going to heal me. I don't even have the nerve pain stuff yet. And they said, if you don't get it within year one, it's never coming back. But I knew better than that. Come on, like, whose report are you going to believe, man? Stop playing. I prayed a prayer, a real prayer. Year five and a half, I said, Lord... I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do. 
I believe that you're going to still heal me. I believe my miracle. I believe the manifestation is on the way. I believe I'm already healed. But why I got to take so long? Like, this is year five. And what he told me humbled me so much. I felt like I started all over again. Why does it have to take so long? This is what God said. It has to take this long because not enough people have seen you in the wheelchair yet. Hmm. God said, this is your body, but it's my story. I never told you I needed your help, and I don't. He said, you maintain, you live a life pleasing to me, you do your assignments, you God, you continue to speak, motivational speaking. Motivate people even though you need to be motivated. Sing even though you need to be sung to. Minister the word, act, direct, produce. Do all the things that you've always loved to do from here because I'm going to use you in this state. Now, the funny thing about that was it had been five years. I had spoke all over Michigan at that point. And I'm like, he said he will take me places in my chair that he couldn't take me on my feet. We did that already. God is like, your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're thinking small. There are so many more places that you have to go in your chair, and there's so many more people that have to witness you in this state first. That was year five. Year six comes, and I get a chance to come out to Arizona. I get a call from a guy that found my testimony online, and he had a very similar testimony. He was a quadriplegic. He was in a car accident. His spine broke in C4, C5. The only difference was he's walking now, and I'm not. He said, man, your story reminds me of me a couple of years ago. I'm from Michigan. Now I live in Arizona because there is a gym that specializes in getting people back to their feet after strokes, after spinal cord injuries. At that time in my life, a lot of what was going on as far as the acting, the producing, the singing, all of that stuff started to dwindle down. And God gave my wife and I space to actually take this trip. There was really no reason why we couldn't take this trip. We said yes to the trip. We came out to Arizona. We worked out with the gym. And I went back home, and I noticed that my body started to feel things after a week's trip that I hadn't felt in six years. And in year six, the Lord instructed me to pick up and move to Arizona. No family, no job waiting for us, no home waiting for us, no no plan. The only thing that we knew was that there was an opportunity to get stronger here, and God said go. That's all we knew. My wife cried. <laughs> she hates when I tell the story, but she cried. I don't want to go to Arizona. It's hot. They got bugs, and it's, it's scary. Like, we don't know nobody there. It's just like, that wasn't the place that we desired to be. But I knew because God said go, that there were blessings that waiting for us here that we couldn't receive in Michigan. All I knew was what God said, go. God said, go. I said, Lord, because you know what's there, I'm okay with that. I told her, I said, God said, go. We, we got to go. We moved, and God said, Vince, don't worry about convincing her. Tell her what I told you, and let me touch her heart. And y'all, in a couple of days, maybe 48 hours, he touched her heart. And she came back, and she said, I don't want to go to Arizona, but the Lord told me the same thing he told me when it was time to marry you. Follow him. 
God don't got to speak a whole paragraph to get your attention. Follow mm-hmm. him. And my wife said, okay. And from that point on, we were looking at the next place of our assignment. We got to Arizona. Within two months, we started a business that changed our financial bracket immediately. We, 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 we joined a church, a community of new believers that understood my testimony afresh. Mm-hmm. So now I'm surrounded with people that hit me up every day. God going to do it. God going to do it. So it wasn't that God replaced my family and God replaced my community. He added to my family. He added to my community. That was year six. I started acting in film around year nine. Uh, I wanted to just get acclimated with Phoenix. I spent two years just training my body and getting to know the culture out here. And I told my wife a couple of years ago, I said, I'm ready to start doing film all my life at this stage place. And I didn't know that that was God's way of putting me before more people in the chair. This is God's plan, not mine. I'm just a character in his amazing script, right? And he's still writing it. In one year, I get signed with two agencies. I shoot about six movies, about seven commercials, and God is doing something new. He's placing me in front of people that will watch me in the chair that might not never know my name. They might not ever shake my hand. But more people are seeing me in the chair the way he told me they would. And that brings us to today where three weeks ago I had a dream. I had a dream that was so real, it was as real as me sitting here talking to you today. And in that dream, I woke up in the same spot that I actually fell asleep in. I was able to sit all the way up in the bed. I had full strength. Not things were moving and I had to get my balance. I had, Listen, I had full strength. And it was almost like God was trying to reveal to me, take your mind off of how it's going to happen and just let me do my work. Mm-hmm. Let me do my perfect work. Obviously, we, we have our thought process of how we think things are going to happen, right? Oh, this is going to kick in. And then after that toe kicks in, this knee. And then I'm going to wiggle and wobble for eight months. And then I'm going to go through a year of therapy. God said, I can do it in full strength if you trust me. Hmm. In that dream, I woke up and I stood out of the bed. And I kept saying, is this a dream? This is a dream. This God, is, is this a dream? And I, I stood out the bed the same way, wearing the same things that I went to sleep with. So I knew it was real, and I walked out the room, and I called my wife's name. And when I walked out the room, I heard my wife calling my name, and then I woke up. Mm. Three weeks ago, since that dream, I've been getting muscle spasms in my thigh, in my right thigh in ways that I've never experienced, jerking, shaking, uh, muscles jumping and my legs shooting straight in different directions. I mean, I've never experienced it like this before. Spasms, yeah, but I've never experienced my legs just doing all this. Mm-hmm. A couple of days ago, my wife was, and I was laying in the bed, and I actually looked down at my right thigh. And anybody that knows a quad or a paraplegic, you know that we lose the muscle mass in our legs. It gets real small. It gets real soft. It it's real wobbly, shaky. You don't have legs that just look like you can get up. Mm. Normally, I look down at my right thigh, and it is significantly larger than my left. Not mm. in width or in how wide it is. I'm talking about how plump it is. 
I feel like the Lord has been doing spiritual spiritual surgery in my body for the last three weeks. This is 12 years. The woman with the issue of blood waited 12 years. Hmm. What makes me think that I'm exempt from waiting 12, 13, 14? I said, Lord, as long as you're getting the glory out of it, I wait. That dream was confirmation that not only the fact that it may not happen the way I think, but that we're getting really close. Mm. And it also being ha- having the spasms and the muscle mass coming back over the, since the dream just proves to me, first of all, if I get up in full strength, I'm going to need these muscles. Who gets up in full strength with floppy legs? Don't make sense to me. What makes sense to me is that God is preparing my body to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And he's allowing you to be a witness. Come on. Today we share this story. You're a part of the people that needed to see me as a lame man. I don't have the full grip of my hands yet. I can move some fingers. This started about a year ago. I couldn't do this a year ago. See that? That's huge. You're talking about guys that said they'll never. They told me I'll be a vegetable. They told me I would be a vegetable. I've seen so many people in therapy that were in the same situation as me, but that was going through 10 times worse. I'm like, how are we in the same situation, but I'm this blessed? I got a wife that loves me. I got a community that's lifting me up and praying for me. Now I'm acting for a living. I'm doing what I wanted to do my whole life. I wasn't acting for a living back home in Detroit on my feet. I wasn't getting paid to do that. I was doing it because I loved it. Now I get to do it every day, and I get to get paid to do it. That's because God told me he was going to take me places in my chair that he could never take me on my feet. Come on. I'm living out the word of God that was spoken over my life 12 years ago. I'm living it out today. You're talking to a man that should have been dead 12 years ago, and you don't think that I'm going to be excited about this and this? Come on, man. They're supposed to be saying... We remember Vince. Rest in peace. He was on his way to being this guy. and I get to post my own post every year. This was the time that God gave me a new assignment. I'm still here. And so are you. I'm blessed, man. (laughs) Vincent, who is Jesus to you? Everything. He's my Mm -hmm. example. He's my father. He's my strength. Jesus was a real man. I think sometimes we forget that. You know, we read these stories and it's like, what a great story. Jesus walked this earth. I believe that Jesus is the true son of God. Mm -hmm. He walked this earth. He lived. He was crucified. He gave his life for us. They didn't take it. He gave it. He gave his life. Because of what Jesus did, I shall live and not die. He mm-hmm. died so that I can be here today and live. He died so that I can live for him. My job is to tell his story through minds. <laughs> Jesus is everything, bro. Everything. Vincent, could you pray for the people who are watching and are deciding, I want to follow that same God, that same God that is healing Vincent, that he believes in so much. Could you just pray for those who are watching and are wanting to receive 
that same love, that same God that you follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Father God, my Lord and my Savior, right now, in this very moment, I feel your power. I feel your strength. Lord, I'm asking that these people that are viewing will feel that same power in their living rooms, in their bedrooms, in the car, through their phones, through their tablets, through their laptops. These people that I may never meet in my life. In this moment, we join together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I know that the favor that you've given me, I can't just give it away. I know I can't just pass it out and I can't just share it with the world because I've spent time with you and I know you to be my Lord and Savior. So in exchange, you have given me favor. So I'm not asking that you give them favor. I'm asking that you give them your voice, that you give them your touch. Yes, Lord. Lord, let this moment right now be a moment of new assignment for them, the way that night was new assignment for me. I'm feeling new things in year 12. Yes. That means you're doing what you said you were going to do. And, Lord, if you're going to heal me from being a lame man to a walking man, then you can heal them spiritually to walk in the spirit again. Lord, I believe that a lot of people in this dark, dying, scary world have become paralyzed spiritually. Yes. And some of them don't know if they'll ever spiritually walk again. Mm. But just as you heal me, I know you can heal them. Do it for your beloved. Allow faith to rise up in our brothers and sisters today. In the name of Jesus. Allow them to believe again. Allow them to see something in my story. You know, I don't know what area connects with them, but allow them to see something in my story that gives them the heart to want to be close to you. Because who's ever close to you, you're going to take care of them. You're going to give them desires of their heart. You're going to open doors that no man can open and close doors that only you can close. You're going to give them the fruit. You're going to allow them to reap what they've sown. You're going to give them that house, that car, that child, that promise, that promise that only you can give. But, Father God, I'm asking for hearts to be compelled today or tonight. Whenever they watch this video, I'm asking that hearts are turned back to wanting to please you. Because even though we don't know the answer, we don't know what tomorrow holds, you do. And that makes it okay. It makes it all right that we don't have the answer. We don't have to have the answer. You didn't create us to have the answer. You created us to trust the answer giver. You, tr- you give us the, the strength to endure and to trust the man that walked this earth that has become our healer, our sustainer, our way maker, and our miracle worker. I speak to every heart, every eye, every ear that's on this video. You shall live and not die. You shall live to see the promises that the Lord has covering you, that the Lord has concerning you. It's not about us manifesting anything. It's about us trusting in the one that is the manifester. You're everything to me. And I'm praying that you'll become everything to every viewer. Because that's how great you are. 
Lord, you allowed me to see your hand, and you allowed me to learn from other people's mistakes. Everyone does not have to go through turmoil to get to know you. I'm asking that you will stop and block whatever crisis that is waiting for these viewers, because they don't have to have that in order to get to know you. All they need is to be able to hear a testimony of the believers and to trust and believe. We overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. You came. You died for all of us. And I believe that you're doing something right now yes, within me and within my brothers and sisters. And we receive it on one accord by saying, Amen. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, what a testimony. And he's yet waiting. And some people will listen to that and say, oh, that's never happening. Twelve years, oh, God ain't did it for him yet. It's not happening. Oh, but it is happening. Hallelujah. And as he said, he feels the, the sensation in his legs and everything. God is going to move in his perfect timing. And this is what we wait on. We wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to this one right here. And when we come back, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. Birmingham, welcome, if you will, with me as we bless the Lord tonight with the appointed and the anointed spiritual QC from
hallelujah, that wasn't supposed to last that long, but I'm telling you, I got caught up into the words of what he was saying. I've learned to lean and depend on Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he had a family, his mama, he was depending on his mama a long time, but then mama had to go away. He was depending on his father, and his father died and left him. He didn't have nobody. Hallelujah. So he learned to lean and depend on Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful right there to me. I love that right there. And so I'm thankful unto Almighty God this morning for all he has done already. Uh, I don't know, Sister Maria may have had to go to work, so um, she had to leave. That's why probably she tried to testify as early as possible. But we had a lot going on this morning and a lot of things I wanted to get done because a lot of times it's requests and then most times it's what God had planned um, for the show for the day. And so I'm grateful unto him that uh, we were blessed this morning and I pray that she come back again and uh, we can bring her right in. Oh, there she is. There she is. Okay. All right. Good morning, uh, Evangelist Maria. God bless you this morning. How are you? I'm good, Miss Barbara. How are you? I'm sorry. I just had fell back. I'm kind of achy a little bit. I had, I had a golf cart accident. It collapsed on me at work and wow. back in October 6th. So okay. by me going to therapy, they don't act, you know, agitated me again. But all is well. Amen. My testimony was I just, I'm grateful to God this morning. I tell you, I give honor to God who's the head of my life, to you and everyone in their respective place. I say God is moving so fast and so speedily till he's just astonishing me. Back in July, I was ordained a minister. And I went to, uh, the Lord told me he wanted me to bring forth the word Sunday gone. So I brought forth the word, the one with the issue of blood. And it was, um, the title was, There's No Issue Too Big or Small for God. But before I even got to that state, Pastor, the Lord was dealing with him by ordaining this minister. I'm like, okay, Lord, that ain't me because you don't already ordain me. You just ordained me minister in July. And the man of God came forth and said, God told me to ordain you evangelist. I said, oh, my God. When I say God just began to blow my mind with some things, <laughs> taking me places I ain't never been, holding on to his promises, and he doing just what he say he'll do, mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful. I'm just Amen. so grateful. And I just wanted to share that because I, I – I knew I was praying more, found myself praying more than what I normally do and praying for people more and just praying in the spirit more. And, uh, and, I, and, and, and I heard him saying, come up higher, but I didn't understand what he was, what he was meaning by that. And now I understand. Okay. So I just want to say thank, thank you for your prayers. Thank God for your ministry, for your show, mm-hmm. and for all that you do for his people. And for everyone Amen. that come on with their testimony. I pray a millionfold blessing upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And I just wanted to share that with you this morning. Amen. Well, I want to share this with you this morning. I want you to, uh, if you can, if you can, for the next, I want to say three days, I, I need you to try and fast if you can, if there's nothing more than a half a day's fast. If you go from 12 tonight to 12 the next day, try. I'm not saying that you might be able to fulfill it, but if you can, fulfill it for the next three days. Because this is what's happening. Whenever God 
elevate you, when he gives you another office, it's work. That title means work. Whether it be deacon, usher, uh, finance committee, finance ministry, evangelist, pastor, whatever he gives you, it represents and it spells work. And yes, what will happen is your, what you was doing, it may not have been much, but now your work will increase. I'm talking about tremendously. And it won't be yes, work in the church. Listen now, you won't be in the building, but your phone yes, will blow up. Uh, other places will blow up because of the work. Because if you focus on doing his will, and this is what he called you to. Work is involved. I, listen, people from all over the world call me pastor because of the work. Not, not that God gave me these offices. The only office I know God gave me was evangelist and and prophetess. Other than that, I don't know about. They, they call me pastor. They call me doctor, <laughs> apostle. They call me all kind of names. But that one. Main office that I know God called me to is that evangelist. And baby, let me tell you about that work day and night. It don't stop. And he will allow he will allot you time to rest. Yeah, he'll give that to you. I can remember slow down, sit down, slow down, sit down. I kept running. I kept running. And then he showed me now, I'm giving you time to slow down and sit down because when you get back up it won't be no slowing down and no sitting down so rest now even the weekends got busy I, I do jesus in the morning monday through friday freedom doors ministries go seven days a week 365 days a year you have all this stuff to do. I have prison ministry, prison pen pavement. You, you have no clue. Yeah, that work is going to pick up. And it's going to pick up so until some days you feel like complaining. I have to watch myself. The phone rang and I'd be like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> because, see, I told the Lord I'll go. If I have to go by myself, yes. so many times there's nobody to go with me, but I yet got to go. Uh-huh. And the workload some days be heavy. And, and and one of the main ministries is mental health for me. That's what I work with. Yeah. And um, people call me from all over. Bother my daughter, my son, my this, my that. I think I'm losing my mind. They change. They, I'm not going over there because I'm not getting on no medication. This, that, and the other. Hey, uh, you need something to stable you, make you stable until you can recognize you, you got to have a prayer life and a Bible study life. Yeah. Because with that, that you running and running out of gas. Yeah, I have to tell them the truth. So just get prepare yourself for the work. Fast for the next three days, continue to rest. That is coming. The money is coming. You don't have to worry about it. The money is coming. Yeah. But right now you rest and you fast and you pray 
He's going to totally heal your body. When you get up, you're going to get up running. And it will be all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If I be the true woman of God, I'm telling you, woman, I want to say within the next seven days, you're going to see a lot of turnaround. You're going to see a lot of change. Yeah, within the next seven days. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Oh, uh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can hear this around us. Did I tell you it will be all right? Did I tell you it will be all right? Because I even see the Lord changing things even in your life. Even in your home, God is turning some things around. He's changing some things. People that's been there, they may leave you. You may not be able to be with them anymore because the change of God has come for you, woman. It's not the change of man. It's not your family. It's not your friends. It's the change of God has come for you. And when you accept, people going to leave you. People you thought was, uh-uh, uh-uh, they got to go. Yeah. And God going to bring up a new set of people for you to hang out with because uh, all haven't been true. That's all I can say. Yes. Yeah. And it's all right. Yeah, it's all right this morning. Because he got you. He got you. He got you. And I'm going to give you this this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 mm-hmm. through 7. Stay right there. Okay. Don't come out that book. Myself. Yeah, stay right there in that book. Don't come out of it. I don't care yeah. what come up. You're going to run to Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Because that's going to save you in many ways. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to save you. I've walked in that thing since the 80s. And because I believe it and I walk in it many days, I've been spared. I don't have stress. I don't overdo stuff. Why? I'm walking in Proverbs. If I'm going to do it, God's going to back up. If he's going to do it, i got to back up. When I take it to the altar and lay it on there, I'm through with it. Leave it there. Yeah. God does. Yeah, some people say it's a cop-out. No, it ain't no cop-out. If I'm giving it to the one who can handle it, I can't. He can't. Yeah. All right, Mr. Uh, Jerry, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Oh, good morning, Sister Barbara. I'm doing well. Amen. Very well. Thank God for life. How yeah. are you doing? I am blessed. I cannot complain today. Oh, me neither, Barbara. Man. Barbara, I was so sick yesterday. Mm. I mean, yesterday I was so sick, and I was trying to get help and trying to, I, you hear the key word, I, 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 called on Maria, she prayed, I called on you, and you talked to me, but when I called on God. Amen. I didn't have just one person come by, but two people came by to help me. All right. That last instructor came by, I thought the other lady that does the cleaning was was a bum digger, but that's Sasha. Ooh, goodness. Uh All right. Hallelujah. But I was Mm -hmm. so sick. I really started, the the sickness really started coming off me back. 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night. Mm. But I knew what to do. I called on praying people. Like I said, I called on Maria. I called on you. And then I went over there 
in my prayer closet, the bathroom. Yes. Yes, and Lord. I called on God. Hallelujah. Around about 10.30 last night, I started feeling human again. Mm. The lady, Sasha, came in. She helped me get in the shower, helped me get out. Oh, my goodness. I'm still a little weak, but I'm not feeling like I was yesterday. When I say I was about ready to throw in the towel, Sasha came and said, no, we ain't throwing in no towel. Come on, Miss Jerry. You're a woman of faith. I said, baby, I'm so sick right now, I'm trembling. She said, I know you're trembling. But the trials come to make you strong. This is a trial. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I can't bug you. I almost called you at 10 o'clock last night. I said, don't be stupid. And then I called Maria. She was asleep. I was like, oh, I just wanted to tell her I was feeling better. I feel not like a superwoman. But I feel like I can hold down some ginger ale today. Amen. Well, listen, uh, uh, Jared, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to uh, the Jesus in the Morning website, and I want you to listen to that interview uh, with uh, Tanisha Knight over at Urban Fresh Podcast. Because your name is all in there. <laughs> so go take a listen. Um, when I get off, I'll send you a copy of it. But it's over okay. on the website. Yeah, for those who want to take a listen to it. And uh, I love that, Tanisha Knight. She asked me some of the most, oh, blessed questions you could ever ask me. And uh, when I tell you the Spirit of the Lord moves right there, right there, on the podcast, yeah, and so we thank God, we thank God, and I, I was I was just in shock to get that phone call uh, for her to ask me, well, the email, for her to ask me to come and interview with her. It was such a pleasure to go over, and the way she approached me, I, I, I knew, I knew love was all in, I knew love was all yes. in, and I could not help but tell her yes, yes, yes. And so the Lord moves, the Lord moves. Not my will, but his will be done. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening. His will is going to be done in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So we thank, thank you, God. Yeah, we're grateful to him. And I can't take his credit. I can't say I spoke nothing. <laughs> I can't tell you nothing. I don't know nothing. But he knows. The Holy Ghost knows everybody. None of us are strangers to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we know the next move, he know uh, what's going to happen. And it is already right here again in Jesus' name. So listen, is there anyone else have something this morning uh, they would like to say? Please feel free to press that number one and come in. Yeah. And share with us today. And uh, it's already all right in Jesus' name. Uh, 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 Pastor David. When you get a minute and you get to where you can do it, I want you to put on your favorite worship song. And I just want you to begin to worship God, Pastor David, because great things on your on their way to you. <laughs> hey, God. Hey, glory, glory, hallelujah. 
great things, I said, David Jackson. Great things are on their way to you. Yeah, it has already been released. So all you're doing now is you waiting to receive. Hallelujah. I just want you to praise and worship God in spirit and in truth. In your way that you worship him, that you know you are reaching out to bless God. Yes, that's what I want you to do in the name of Jesus. And it's already all right this morning, Pastor David, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God today uh, for what he's doing right now. What he's doing right now. I can't help but feel the presence of happiness. And uh, I thank him today. I thank him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, the songwriter said it best. I have a feeling everything is going to be all right in Jesus' name. So, all right, is there anyone else? If not, I'm Evangelist Father. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted you all to be in agreement with me. Um, you know, my son, I took my, I don't know if I told you, I took my son off life support, Valentine's own. The prison beat him, they abused him, they neglected him, and he ended up with a, a brain tumor, which was cancerous. Uh, right now, the lady and his son that was in there with him that seen everything and know everything, me and Pastor McAllister, Stanley McAllister, we was trying to get her to get, speaking their language so that we can get letters from the inmate. So that's the biggest thing that we'll, that's holding us up to go forth for this lawsuit is to get the letters from the inmates that was there. Because my son was a giver, and he always had, especially when his daddy died, because he had plenty of money to give out to everybody, help everybody. And okay. that's the kind of heart he had, because he had a heart of Christ. And um, the enemy is trying to hold this up. The lady had two strokes. You know, I've been praying for her. She'll go back to Puerto Rico and come back, you know, and just praying that God strengthen her. Okay. okay, okay. Well, Lord, we speak release. Ah, it's already done. <laughs> it's already done. You just wait. Just a little. Ah, yeah, hi. Just a little bit. Hey, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Just hold on. Yeah, you, you, you ain't got to worry about it. Even if the inmates don't write nothing, you know, it's it's done, David. It's already done in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. There's none like you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All, all you want to do is tell him thank you as often as you possible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As you think about this thing, honey. <laughs> Ooh, tell God, thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, this already done in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. As I was getting ready to open my mouth to pray, I could feel the spirit. <laughs> it's done, honey. Woo, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So we give him glory. We give him the honor. We give him the praise. That's none like him. We can search all over. We won't find nobody, nobody greater than Almighty God that have all power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, listen, I'm going to pray us out, and we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And listen, 
Y'all get you some testimonies ready. Stop telling me, I can't talk. Ah, uh-uh. Stop that and open your mouth and begin to tell what God has done in your life. You want to be blessed? You want God to move? Well, here's a little something you can do. Open your mouth and testify unto him, and you will be all right in Jesus' name. So, look, I'm going to pray, and we're going to the last requested song of the morning after I pray out. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your move this day. Father, we know you to be the truth. We know that you're not a lying God. And, Father, if you speak it, it shall surely come to pass. And we trust you this day with all our hearts. Father, we don't lead to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you today, depending on you to direct our path. Help us, Lord, as we depart, not to be wise in our own eyes. Help us to fear you and depart from evil in the name of Jesus. Bless every caller, every listener. And, Father, there are many waiting on your move, waiting on the door to come open unto them. And, Lord, I ask this day that you would release the finances to your people, everyone that's waiting on you. We bind up the hand of the enemy holding money up over your people's head. We bind it up and cast it to the pits of hell. And, Father, we ask that you would rebuke it for our sake today. Lord, we ask that you would release what's for us to us. And anything the canker worm has taken, Father, we ask that you would send him, let him send it back with interest this day in the name of Jesus. Stop him, Lord. Don't let him take nothing with him. But we bind him up and cast him back to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now. We thank you. And, Father, bless our going out today and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, do it for those coming through the archives and the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can hear this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Whatever you're trying to get done, tell yourself that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You don't need a degree. You don't need to be real smart. Yeah, you just need Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's already all right in Jesus' name today. Hallelujah. And I can feel it falling. Yeah, I feel that money falling. They told me, if I don't pick up on nothing else, they say she's going to pick up on that money, and it's falling today. So if y'all are going and praise God, give him some praise. Hallelujah. It's already all right today. Hey, it's already, hey, it's already done. I'm telling you, it's released. I feel it. I feel it. I know God is doing it. All in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hey, Lord, thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Father. We can't help but thank you. Oh, encourage your people today, God. Lord, release unto them the things that they've been waiting for, phone calls, money, God, whatever it may be that they do it in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you. Can't help but thank you. Can't help but give you glory, honor, praise, and worship you in spirit and in truth. For there's none like you. Hallelujah. Oh, we give it to you today, Jehovah. And we know that you're working it out for our good right now. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're going to the next song. So I say 
go with you to work this morning. While you're driving your car, let the presence of the Lord You're now receiving the presence of the Lord. You can take it in the grocery store. You can take it on your job. You can take it to school. The presence of the Lord never has to be. As long as he has an invitation. As long as you hunger and thirst after peace. He'll come now. Good morning to you, sir. God bless you. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Good, good. Much better this week than I was last week. Amen. Amen. But um, I'm doing great. I just wanted to share, you know, okay. and, and you you ministered this to me a while back. 
And, you know, for everyone who thinks that, you know, you just say things off the cuff, they best know that God is speaking, using you to minister to us. I took a job that a friend of mine, well, actually, he was my assistant. He, he was working for this company, and they needed some people, and he asked me, did I want to just come on and you know, work with them, help them out? So, because they had an end-of-year goal to me. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I took the job, and I've been working here for about three months now. Well, on Monday, my boss called me, and he said, I have a job or a position that I'm creating for you. And he described the position and, and everything. And he said, I want you to think about it and let me know if you if you will accept it. Thank you. And at first I was hesitant about it because I, I really don't want to get back in the workforce you know, for almost 30 years and I'll um, I manage a team that I just, it, it, it took a lot of my time away from my family. And I just, and I'm in a place now where I want to prioritize family and, and God in, in my life. And so I, I was reluctant. But the funny thing is, Mama Doc, every evening I go home, she asks me, so what did your boss tell you today? It's as if she, she knew it was coming. What did mm. he tell you today? What did he, what, what, what did he have to say today? And so when I told her about it, she just, she just laughed. She said, I told you. <laughs> you know, but yeah, he, he made the offer. I took that and I accepted the offer. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm learning that when God opens doors, don't don't neglect to walk through because you never know what's on the other side of it that He's preparing you for. So, and I just wanted to share that. But, you know, glory to His And thanking you for being obedient and, and sharing what God gives you to give to us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Because this is what I know. <laughs> Where y'all going? <laughs> oh, it's a big place. That's all I know. And it, 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 he'd been preparing, but he had to also prepare y'all to uh, walk in humbleness and not really look, focus on what you see. Yeah, but it's my faith. Yeah, it's my faith. And uh, it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank him today because he's almighty God that have all power. And if you can wait on him, trust him and wait, he's coming and bring it to pass. Yeah. I thank God for it today. I thank God for it because it's not me, but it's him. He's got all power. I'm simply a vessel he can use. That's all I am. I have to go to him like everybody else. And without him, I can do nothing. And I, a lot of people, you know, they, they, they I pull cloud. I, now, I ain't pulling no cloud with God. I'm thankful for whatever he do. 
If he give me a bubble gum, I tell him thank you. You hear? When I was in the project, I told him thank you <laughs> for the roof over my head. When I was driving the 1998 Ford Contour, I told him thank you. And I yet he yet used me. I didn't come back with God. I've been doing all I can. You know, I walk up right before. No, uh-uh. All my righteousness is that filthy rags. I can't go to God like that to me how good I am. What? When I deserve death. But he so loved me. He sent his only begotten son. But Pastor David, you're on your way somewhere now. <laughs> hey, I'm coming y'all way this weekend anyway. I'll be down there Saturday. But look here. Now, when you go to the big times, I, uh, I know I'm going to be remembered. I know I'm going <laughs> yeah. to I, I be remembered and tell your wife over there. I know how she is about that shopping, but tell her to add my name to her shopping list, please, sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Ooh, I know she's probably I, somewhere chuckling right now. She's listening, so. Uh-huh, she's probably working and listening. And look, I know her, Miss Barbara, you need to stop. You need to just stop. <laughs> yeah, but look here, I know you like that shopping, and I know you got good taste, because you ain't going to buy no, it, you know, little cheap stuff. You're going to buy something nice, so I appreciate it, sugar. Yeah. yeah. And your mother-in-law, you know, she's here. She's right here. She's not going nowhere. Yeah. And uh, I thank God for y'all today. Thank God for your sister Rita. Good morning. God bless you. And look like that's that Rose Brown from Orange Park in here today. Good morning, Rose Brown. My wicked, wicked, wicked. Good morning to your sister Irene. God bless you this morning. God bless you. And I thank God for you. Irene was on that interview listening in with me. Yeah. See, God going to send somebody. Yeah. And so she was right there, right there for the interview. We thank God for Sister Maria, our new sister in Christ. Thank God for your sister Jerry. Uh, and Jerry, you're going to hear your name in the interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said two names she remember, Brother Lou and Sherry, and she remember me always talking about a Jerry. <laughs> yeah, to myself, that's that Jerry crowd, honey. You just don't know. Yeah. And so we just thank God. Good morning to you again, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. And uh, we thank God for you. We thank God for you. And if no one else have anything they would like to say, we have two minutes and I'm out. I got to answer the phones today. So I got phone calls coming. I already set up for a 10 o'clock appointment. So I'm going to get out of here where I can be on time because they calling me. And, uh, I, you know, I don't want to be a second late because I'm, I've been calling you know, people, they be all in the air till they hear God, then they can calm down, you see. Yeah. So it's all right today in Jesus' name. So we prayed, and uh, we just going to the last song of the morning, but may the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. November the 16th, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and have a blessed day. Ah, uh, yeah. Blessed day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.